Hey, it's Brandon Crane, uh, the original Ben Hanscom from the Stephen King's It miniseries, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm Treacherous Trista. And we're joined by Jeremy Ray Taylor, Ben Hanscom of Stephen King's It. And I also saw he's a filmmaker now, which is very interesting. So, Correct. Yeah. Super excited about that. Yeah, very thanks for having me. Here. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for doing it. Yeah, of course. So we'll talk about your filmmaking. Well, let's, let's start with that. Um, was that something you always wanted to do? I was not really introduced to the, to the idea of even being a filmmaker until about two years ago. And then we decided to just let the rubber meet the road and go. Um, and so we, we kind of did it with my, my brother. All of our family is kind of intertwined with some amount of filmmaking. My brother is a director of photography. My mother is an ex- executive producer. Um, my other brother is an actor as well. So we're all kind of like are in that family. So we decided to make a film together. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Is that out? Can people watch it? It is not out yet. Um, actually, I'm in Atlanta right now, but I go straight to Las Vegas after I'm done here for a film festival. We just got accepted in like six or so. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I'm super excited. So, will that be your first uh, film festival experience? I guess it will, from from being a filmmaker perspective. Absolutely, yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know if it did festivals or not. It didn't do or festivals. I guess award shows. Yeah. Um, but no, not, not film festival. So yeah, this will be my first one. Oh, it's very exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. So you said that, you know, your family are all involved in film. So did that influence you or, you know, how, how did it come about? Like, I want to be an actor. Um, well, my mother was a manager of a band 
Um, so really everybody was introduced to the film world after I was, or almost at the same time as I was. Um, and so my mother was actually on tour in Nashville with the band and somebody noticed me there and was like, you need an agent. So they threw me in an audition. It was the worst audition I've ever done in my life. Uh, me and my brother both, and they picked us up for some reason. And so they saw a little bit of potential. My brother completely dipped out. He, he did not like that at all. Um, and so he decided to be kind of more behind the camera as a photographer or videographer. Um, and then my other brother, a year and a half ago, just decided to become an actor. So, yeah. Was there any particular movies or like what, what was like, uh, like, hey, this is something I'd like to do. I'd like to pursue acting. Um, I mean, as a kid, it's always like a dream to be like an astronaut or a movie star or a celebrity of some sort. So I think that was kind of my drive at the beginning. Um, and now I just enjoy the lifestyle of, of traveling all the time and meeting new people and things like that. So it definitely had a different drive from when I was little than what I do now. Yeah. yeah. So you said that was a terrible audition. Do you, do you remember? Well, you, I'm sure you remember what it was for. Um, so basically whenever you're auditioning for, an agency you they either give you a monologue or you pick a monologue from another film and mine was from et and it was the scene where he's introducing him to real world things so it was like here's a can of coke and here's hola and it was genuinely the worst thing i've ever done in my life like i i'm not even being humble like it was actually awful that's pretty cool. uh, so what would you pick that one is it something that you re you rehearsed beforehand I don't think so. I, I think it may have been something that they picked for us. I actually can't remember. Um, that was ten years ago now, so right. it's, it's been a long time. Yeah. So, um, how, how did how did the how did you get involved in it? Like, when did you when did you first hear about you know to go in for an audition? Um, it was probably about six three months before uh, the actual filming of it. Um, and I actually just did a self tape audition and got booked straight from tape because I was in between two other different things. Um, I was actually between Logan, like the Wolverine film and Transformers is what I was going to do. Um, and so Warner Brothers decided to snatch me before I committed to those. Um, and then I went in for a chemistry read with the whole other cast. It's really cool. That's interesting. Cause I was going to ask kind of about that because everyone seems like real friends, which, um, you know, sometimes happens in movies, sometimes doesn't. So what was that experience like having, you know, making sure everyone had chemistry together? I mean, the, the acting coach on set, uh, Ben Perkins, absolute shout out to him. Um, from the very, very first day of filming or for the very first day on set, even it was like we had to do these drills to become friends and to like get the awkward phase over. And so we would do like these drills where we look each other in the eyes for like five minutes straight. Or, you know, just different things like that that you wouldn't normally do with strangers at the time. Right. Um, and so we just meshed really well and we all had a similar sense of humor and it just hit it off. And it was kind of all of our first things except Finn's, really. I mean, a few of them, everybody's kind of done a little bit, but this was our first lead, like big, major lead. Um, and so we were all kind of experienced that together. And I think that was what meshed us together so well, too. Mm -hmm. was that we were kind of like overcoming all those issues that you have at the beginning of your career with each other. And that was really nice as well. Do you think you realized that at that time that like, this is a big movie, like how important that is, you know, maybe I, if you didn't realize it probably, it might've been better for you. I don't know. 
Well, I think I realized, I never forget this moment. We were driving out of our parking garage of our apartment. And I was like, mom, I think I'm actually going to be in this film. Like, this is not little. This is not, this is big. This is huge for me. And like, it's an experience we'll never be able to take back. This is like, I mean, this is wonderful. Um, And so it took me really about after the premiere to realize that it was actually happening and on such a big scale as well. Cause everybody believes that like the industry is all beautiful and pretty like the red carpets are, but the only part that's really glamorous is whenever you get on those red carpets. And so once you were kind of like walking down that red carpet in your suit and like loving yourself and feeling it and feeling the lights and stuff, that's when you kind of realize how big of a scale it actually was and how real it was. And, you know, it, it was a big uh, budget movie and it's based on Stephen King, but I think it was even a bigger hit than people expected it to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first picture they dropped of Pennywise, everyone hated. Like, right. it was the most hated thing ever. And then I think people we were ever guilty it. of that, you know. Sure. And, and that's fair. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a completely different take. Um, and luckily, everybody loved it. Um, but yeah, we, we didn't realize it was going to be that big until the trailer dropped. And then it broke that world record. And we were all like, holy crap. <laughs> People aren't actually yep. going to hate it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, was that hard to, to read like online? You go online and see people are like, oh man, look at this. And It was a little tough. Um, <laughs> it was definitely, yeah, it was tough. Because it's, it's hard to A, be on a project and and read lines that you necessarily don't have control over or like people may hate your character and may not hate you necessarily. And so they kind of forget that there's a real person behind that. And so whenever you have these people that are like, you're ruining the franchise, like don't, don't fix it unless it's broken, stuff like that. And, and so, yeah, that was tough. But like I said, those were the things that we could kind of overcome with each other because we were all experiencing it firsthand. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough, but I was lucky that I had those people to help me. Yeah. How familiar were you with the uh, with it? Like, had you watched the miniseries, read the book beforehand? When I first did the audition, my mom showed me the original trailer of it. And to be honest with you, I was like, what the frick is going on? <laughs> a, I hated horror movies. I was terrified of them. <laughs> um, and B, I was like, what is this? This looks really, really strange. The trailers of the original look very strange and don't give the exact vibe of what the movie actually did. <laughs> Um, or the miniseries actually did. Um, so, no, I was not really familiar with it at all. I, I knew Stephen King was a legend. I think everybody knows that. Um, but, no, I was not familiar with it at all, actually. So, uh, when, did you did you ever end up reading the book? No, not yet. Okay. I'm not a reader, and it's, like, bigger than the Bible. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough read. So um, go with so the no. audio book. That's uh, what we, started, we that's do. What, that's what I've been doing yeah, during the For pandemic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, so I haven't I haven't actually done that yet, which I probably yeah. should. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> Did you watch a miniseries? Uh, I have. I have watched at least most of it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I have done a little bit of research on that. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know because sometimes I think, um, do you want to watch it or do you want to stay away from it? Because maybe you don't want to be influenced, but at the same time, you want to see, you know, what you're going to be doing. Well, I actually, I didn't watch it until after we were done filming because I didn't oh, okay. want to be influenced. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of wanted to take a new take. Not necessarily a new take, but I wanted 
the director to kind of tell me what direction I should go instead of, because I knew this was kind of a different take on the whole thing. It's a reimagining, not necessarily a remake. So I wanted to let him guide me in the direction that he wanted to guide me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I did, I did watch it after though. So yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Uh, Trish, do you have a question? You work on a lot of scary projects. So I'm wondering if you have any fears or phobias that you feel comfortable sharing with us. Sure. I'm ridiculously claustrophobic, uh, which actually my character in the second one, they show that a little bit because Ben was actually claustrophobic. Um, I was definitely terrified of TVs when I was very little. I swore something was going to come out of it. I guess it, I guess I probably saw a clip of the ring or something like that. Um, but yeah, I was like definitely afraid of TVs. There were just things that my mind could make up that were usually scarier than even the stuff that people would put on screen. Um, I forgot what it's called, but there's a strange phobia. It's really, really weird. And it's uh, like, I feel like embarrassed to admit it, but it's like man-made objects in water. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's like, it's like, uh, at like Universal Studios, the Jaws ride that scares the crap out of me. Like the, like the water with the shark in the water. Yeah. That freaks me out. I don't know what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to try to try to find out what the name of that is. Cause uh... (laughs) That is an interesting one. I think it's like sub mechanophobia, if oh. I had to guess. Yeah, sub mechanophobia. Oh, nice. All right. The fear of partially or fully submerged man made objects. Hmm. So that's yeah. scarier to you than a real shark in the water? <laughs> yeah, because a shark's not made man made. That's true. It's pretty frightening. <laughs> yeah, maybe not in the moment. Uh, but definitely like videos of that just give me really, really oh. eerie vibes. Which is so weird, but yeah. I would like that though. If a real shark was coming, and you're like, "Oh, it's fine. It's it's a natural." <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> it's natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. When you uh, when you read the script, um, how relatable was the Ben character for you? Um, it was definitely relatable, and I want to. I wanted. I thought it was really cool how relatable that was to public school kids. Cause I'm not public schooled, which people hate me for. Cause like <laughs> I, you know, I acted as a public schooler that got bullied and I know bullying can't be that extreme, but I know that that gave me a lot of sympathy for the people that actually get bullied and things like that. Um, I never had trouble with that. Obviously online it gets really ridiculous, but I don't really let that get to me. Um, so I have never experienced that, but I, it gave me a lot of sympathy for the people that have even if it's not on that extreme side, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so like you said, it was reimagined. So the, your version takes place in the eighties as opposed to the first, the original one takes like in the sixties, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I was, I, I grew up in the in the eighties, but you weren't born yet. So like, did you have to go back and like research the eighties to kind of get uh, an idea of what was going on? I did. Um, they gave me, a big packet of like slang words and stuff like that. Cause we did a lot of okay. ad libs. So we like to talk about stuff. Um, so slang words, movies, music, and I was already in the eighties music a lot. So that was totally fine. Um, and then our parents had a blast, like talking <laughs> about the random stuff, like the banana seats on the bikes and things oh, like yeah. that. Um, so our parents had a blast kind of informing <laughs> us on what was actually used and what actually wasn't and stuff like that. So I did have to do a little bit of research for sure. Yeah. A lot of people asked when we said we said you were coming on. Uh, they want to know if you are a fan of the uh, the new kids on the block. <laughs> I 
I used to be like I I I don't not enjoy their music. That's uh-huh. for sure. It's not my taste. Just because right. that stuff isn't my taste at all, but not bad at all. Obviously, a classic. Yeah, that's a uh, great response, though. I don't dislike. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we pan around there. There's a big poster, just like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back so, of my door. Yeah, don't mind my tattoo, but yeah. <laughs> so you said you guys you all got along well. Did you stay in touch after the movie? Yeah, definitely. We still have a group chat and we, we talk every now and then and we all kind of live in separate places. Um, but anytime we're in town, we try and get together as much as possible for sure. Oh, good. Yeah, definitely. We're a really, really close cast. And I got, I mean, we got really, really blessed for that. I mean, it was such a wonderful first experience that it almost makes like, it's almost saddening because you're not going to get a project that's as good as that. Yeah, you like, set the, the bar time. pretty high with the first exactly. one, right? Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, so that was saddening, but it was, I mean, it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. How close did they film your parts for the second movie? Since, you know, you guys are of a certain age. So if they wait too long, you know, you look a lot different. Um, funny story behind that. It was about a year after, um, cause I don't know if they knew if they were going to make a second one before the first one was successful. Um, but yeah, we had an option. So there was kind of like a plan there for sure. And they had a, they had an idea of what they were going to do if they were going to. Um, luckily, we all kind of grew together. So even though we all grew quite a bit, we all were still kind of the same staircase that we were. Um, but yeah, our faces were completely different. I lost a bit of weight. Um, and so they had to age us down. So they shaved our legs. Um, yeah, that was weird. Um, <laughs> They shaved our legs. They did some CGI on our faces and they actually got voice actors for us, which I didn't know was going to happen until I went and saw the movie. And I was like, is that, is that my voice? I don't think that's my voice. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, we figured out they they got voice actors for us, which was super interesting. Yeah. I'm interested to rewatch it knowing that just to see. No, me too, Neil. Yeah. I was thinking you can notice. But they They asked you to shave your own legs, right? Yeah, I mean the the oh, hair and makeup. And you were like, they shaved our legs, and it was. No, <laughs> they did shave our legs. Yeah, hair and makeup totally did it for us. Oh, they did it for you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, they they, <laughs> I guess they used Nair, um, that pink stuff that like just disintegrates your hair off your oh, legs. Okay. Um, yeah, that was really interesting. Armpit hair too. Everything that had hair was. Wow. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> interesting. Uh, what, what was uh, Bill Skarsgård like? You know, in, on an offset, was he like always in character when he's when he's uh, Pennywise? Definitely in character whenever he plays Pennywise. Uh, terrifying guy, five minutes oh. before take for sure. Um, no, a wonderful guy offset. He definitely he he wanted to keep distance from us so that we didn't get comfortable enough to where we were still on the awkward face whenever we were filming, so that there would be that natural tension. Um, but yeah, wonderful guy. After the premiere, whenever we go to dinner and stuff like that, and yeah, wonderful guy. But he's definitely a very terrifying guy whenever he's getting into character. Like, yeah, I can imagine a six foot five crazy clown got to be yeah. a little, little intense. <laughs> Our director was like scarily tall, and the fact that Bill Skarsgård is a little bit taller is like, oh wow, insane to me. Um, so yeah, he he's definitely a scary guy on set. But he was <laughs> super super kind. Like yeah. definitely. So at least you don't have a phobia of tall people. Then you'd really yeah. be screwed on that one. There you go. Yeah, you'd be fine with the three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, 
How does that change? Um, how does that change your life when the movie is, is such a big hit? Um, well, I definitely had a few random old friends reach back out, that kind of thing. Um, fame, just the normal fame stuff, like getting a lot of followers, getting a lot of hate, getting a lot of love. Um, arrogance kind of creeps in and then you get humbled by your family and I have an amazing family. So like, you know, I've been, I've kept that way. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's some really strange struggles of like no privacy and you have to be careful about where you go and like what you post on social media and all that stuff. Um, like I used to go out without showering sometimes just cause I didn't care about my hair, but man, if I go out without showering, I swear I get recognized more than whenever I do, like whenever I look good. Um, so yeah, you know, you have to, there is no privacy, uh, which is fine. I, I, I enjoy it. Like it's not really an issue for me, but I definitely have to take a step back from social media every now and then, um, and just kind of regroup as a human being and not as a person on a pedestal. Right. Um, what about seeing yourself as action figure, as an action figure? (laughs) That was probably the most exciting thing about this (laughs) whole That's what it would probably be for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw myself as an action figure first and that was like super cool. But then I saw Funko release one and I was like, I'm buying like 15 of those (laughs) right now. Give me all of them. Uh, and yeah, that was, that was really, really cool. That's definitely like, that's just a childhood, like bucket list thing that you just write off. So yeah, that was that was really cool. Yeah, uh, Tristan, you have another question? Yeah, you uh, touched on your film for a second, uh, Unarmed Divide. Can you talk more about what it's about? For sure. So Unarmed Divide kind of follows a veteran through his struggles with PTSD. Um, it shows his normal day and how he reacts to things, which just seems like a normal guy. Uh, but then it goes through kind of through his consciousness and what he saw during that day, and what things kind of triggered his his memories of his war. Um, and then we kind of show the struggles of, of having friends that were from the military and some things with suicide and the numbers of, of veterans that commit suicide from PTSD are ridiculous. And we know a lot of people that have stepped up and told us that they have PTSD, people that we've known our whole lives, but they're afraid that they're going to lose their jobs or things like that because it's known as a disorder and people believe those people are crazy and they're just normal people that have gone through something really traumatic. Um, and so we're just trying to, bring light to that situation and not make it so it's not the people that are running down the streets yelling things and and get behind cover and things like that there are a lot of normal people that have absolutely no issues it's just that they struggle living on a day-to-day basis and so we we showed that with his family and through his work life and everything like that so i mean it's just a beautiful story of a veteran dealing with his struggles with ptsd um, how did how did you uh, find yourself involved in that? Um, well, my family has a has a lot of military background. Uh, my papa was in the Air Force. My other papa was in the Air Force. Uh, my brother, that was is the actor, was in the Navy. Um, I have a brother in the Na- the National Guard, and you know we just have a lot of military experience. Um, and so, and we know a lot of people with PTSD, and and so people that had a silent struggle, and we've lost some people to PTSD. And um, when my brother came home from the Navy and wanted to be an actor, he wanted to just write something for himself and skip the auditions and stuff like that. Because, I mean, it took me six, seven years to get it. So it took me a long time to do there to, to get there because you have to do the little things and build your career up and build a reel for yourself and things like that. So he just wanted to build his reel for himself. And so that was just like a scene that he wrote for it. And then I was like, this is way too good 
to just make for your real. Like, let's do this. Um, and so we decided to do some crowdfunding and raise some money and do it, do it the real way and actually make a short film from it. Interesting. So uh, going forward, um, do you still want to act or do you want to direct or do you want to do a combination of, of these things? I think a combination of both. Um, I really got inspired to direct whenever I saw A Quiet Place and saw that John Krasinski did directed and acted in that. Um, and I was like, well, shoot, if he can do it, I can do it, right? So I, I kind of went for that. And so I would love to do a combination of both. But I think overall, I'm, I've enjoyed directing a little bit more than acting. But they're two completely different things. So it's hard to it's hard to actually decide which one is more fun or which one, you know, is, is better, but I'm definitely enjoying both. And I would like to stick with both for now. Yeah. We went to see a quiet place too. Uh, when the theaters reopened. Yeah. The first movie. We I haven't seen it yet. I want, oh, I want to. Though. So good. Is it? Yeah. yeah I need I to see it. it really bad. Good. Good. And, it, and like the first one, it is something to, uh, to be seen in the, I think all movies are better in the theater, but uh, yeah, this one's in particular, something about the silence and the whole crowd gets very quiet. Even, you know, even people don't want to make a noise touch in the popcorn. And then when something <laughs> happens, everyone for sure. uh, shares. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's cool. I need to see that for sure. Yes. Now, um, I brand, we had Brandon Crane on uh, a few years ago. We had most of the, most of the original cast. Um, and I saw you did a video with him. What was it like uh, meeting oh, wow. you know, the, the original young? Uh, it's very surreal. Um, it's, it's, there's a little bit of a passing the torch moment with, with him and me. Like it was a really beautiful, like, here you go. Like, this is your character now. And, and I mean, it was beautiful. And and especially meeting Jay Ryan as well, like a meeting the person that you're supposed to be playing and then meeting your actual older self is two really, really strange and surreal things. Uh, but no, Brandon is fantastic. It's been really, really cool to meet him and, share similar experiences uh along those lines when you meet the person who plays the older um yourself when they're an adult um sort of like the chemistry test do you do anything so like do you have any similar characteristics like uh, mannerisms uh, or anything well the director andy he sent a picture of jay ryan whenever he was little and i swear that dude was me when he was a child um so yeah it was just kind of like it was our it was our child's pictures that really made everything the same. And then whenever we met, we have very very similar characteristics. And like having a dinner with each other was just it was just similar in a in a strange way. Even though we don't look insanely like the same person, there's something there that was just the same mannerisms and characteristics. And he studied me too, which is also a little strange. Like meeting somebody that studied you. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but no, yeah, it was it was weird, but it was a lot of fun. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy the uh, festival experience. It's. A, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited for it. Did you enjoy doing the uh, the conventions after it? Because I, I know you were at a. <sighs> I love Comic Cons so much. Um, breaking the social media barrier that's there between so many fans, like and letting them know that I'm a normal human being as well is, has been super, really cool, like super cool. And so being able to handshake these people and I don't know, there's just something about getting to know these people that have loved you from, from a screen and, and actually getting to meet them has been really, really fantastic and hearing people's stories and 
hearing how many people have seen the movie more than once and stuff like that. I mean, it's been, it's been really cool. I love comic cons would do them every other day if I could. <laughs> uh, not that you want to pick out uh, one favorite, but are there any particular ones that like are most memorable to you? I think our very first one was like the most insane. I mean, we, it was in Orlando, which was already super cool. And we went to like Disney and everything like that, but it was right before the movie came out. So it was kind of like before everybody got like their final opinion on the film because nobody's seen it. Um, but once again, understanding the caliber of the film before it came out was really, really cool. And seeing like the lines that went out the door was like, wow, like people are actually really, really excited for this. Yeah. So the first one has to be the most memorable. Yeah. Yeah. I was at one you were at, uh, in Texas, Texas Frightmare, I believe. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, since you did it and you did some other horror movies, you said you weren't a horror movie fan before. Have you, have you become one? Are you still, it's fine. We won't hang up on you. <laughs> uh, so we I, don't I, judge. <laughs> I, I have gained a ginormous amount of respect for horror films. So now I'm just not as afraid of them as, as I used to right. be. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I haven't taken my time to like pay my dues and watch the old horror films like the shining. I still haven't seen that yet. Um, but like newer gen horror movies, I'm super enjoying like this, the stuff that's just coming out. I love going to see horror films now for sure. Oh, oh cool. very good. Well, yeah. we had you on because uh, we're doing a series of uh, the best of the 2010. So um, do you have any particular favorites of the last 10 years? That's really difficult. Um, I know a lot of people weren't like a huge fan of this one, but I really enjoy the movie Hush. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like a, it was just a good thriller that, that like irked me in the wrong way so well. <laughs> um, I thought the new Chucky was cool, and maybe maybe it's because I yeah I thought it was yeah I thought it was really cool. I I'm not a huge fan of the gory part because I just think that's disgusting. <laughs> um, I like which, the new take kind of on the artificial intelligence take on the on Chucky. yeah. If you're gonna yeah, remake I, something, you should do a little something different. I think yeah. exactly, and I feel like they did enough different without disrespecting the old, while also making new something new and nostalgic as, at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. Those are good choices. Thank you. Uh, a lot of questions here on Facebook, but uh, Trista, do you have a question? Oh, please ask ask uh, the other questions. All right. Um, well, one in the chat, AJ wants to know what was his experience working on uh, the set of Ant Man one and two. Uh, so sadly, I wasn't on Ant Man two, um, but I was on the set of Ant Man one. But I got cut from the final products, which was super sad. But at the same time, recently I've kind of discovered, like now that I now that I was cut from the original, I have a chance to be something bigger in the future. So now that I'm not like a character in the MCU, oh, yeah, yeah, that's so, a good way to look at it. You're yeah, right. So yeah, so I kind of have a I kind of have a bright side there. You have a clean um, slate now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was super fun though. I got to bully Ant Man's daughter, um, <laughs> and then I like I learned my lesson really quickly whenever he like scares me in the school. Paul Rudd is like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Super awesome guy. He was making jokes with the kids there because we were in a school. Um, he was really good at making everybody feel really comfortable, especially on that caliber of production. Everybody was really nervous. And so he, I mean, yeah, Paul Rob was amazing. That was a great experience. Um, Chad Law, will there be another Goosebumps movie soon that he knows of? And would he like to return to the Goosebumps franchise? I'd love to return to the Goosebumps franchise. I, I really, really enjoy that project. Um, I don't think there will be another one. 
but and if there is, I think they're going back to the original cast. But I have no idea. They haven't really talked about that with me at all. I know they had some ideas whenever like we we wrapped on that production, but I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. I hope so, though. I would love to. Uh, Casey Dillard, along uh, um, if you watch the original, are you afraid of the dark before joining the new cast? I did not watch it before, but I definitely watched it after. Um, Art for the Dark was really fun. Um, so no, but I actually thought they were ridiculously scary for a Nickelodeon show. That was crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I, I watched it after. Um, and are, are there any book characters that you'd like to play or uh, make a film of? Hmm. There are some animes that I'd love to make live action that I'd love to play. Um, and I really just want to play any type of superhero that is at all. Nice. Um, and there are some books that my mom thinks would be really, really good for like live action. I think they're um, the pretties, uglies and the specials. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's, I think mm. it's like that, um, that I really, really want to make into a live action. But yeah, there are some things that I'm looking into for sure. And there's a horror one that I'm actually working on right now that we are in contact with the writer. And I think we're adapting to screenplay now, oh, but I can't say. Right. Okay. We'll bring yeah. you back later on. And yeah, definitely come back and let us know. Uh, AJ Zyla, we already asked about new kids on the block, but he has <laughs> to that. Uh, do you have any guilty pleasures that you would like to share? Um, the, the best one I can think of that's as guilty as possible is that I love Gilmore girls. Okay. Um, I binge watched the whole, like, yeah, it was awful. Uh, in like one day, it was really bad. Me and my mom have loved Gilmore Girls and Pretty Woman. Like that's our like go-to oh, okay. hotel thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of 80s John Cusack movies, so. Okay. You know, the hell. And I also watch Love After Lockup, which is <laughs> Uh, Leslie Marie wants to know, were you scared at all during filming? Yes and no. Um, honestly, more scared about ruining the franchise than anything. Right. Uh, and, and it was actually more scary when there was no one on set. So like we were just touring the sets alone, but whenever you're filming, a lot of people don't think about the fact that there's like a whole crew there and there's like 80 people behind the camera that no one else ever sees. Um, so yes and no. When you say that about like uh, touring the sets, because that, that wasn't something I thought about. But how are are those sets enormous? Like uh, the house and underground? And... Um, it depends on the set. Like uh, the library that I was in, um, that was shot in two separate locations. So the upstairs library and the basement were in two completely different locations. And the basement of the library was actually my very first day of filming, and it was in the basement of a really creepy church that had like a ritual pedestal in the middle. It was really weird. I don't want to offend anybody, but it was, it was really strange. Uh, and that was definitely very scary because it was a night shoot. We filmed till like 2 AM. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, touring the sets and, and the sewers were huge. Uh, and the Neville house was very big. The exterior was very small. The interior was huge because it was shot in like a mansion, a uh, rundown mansion, but the, exterior was actually built on a fake house i believe something strange but it's not there anymore so uh when you were reading the script were there any scenes that like you've you thought this is going to be really difficult to do 
Um, physically or maybe even emotionally or anything? There was one, and I was completely correct. Um, it's the one where we're climbing down the well. Um, we're like, okay, so we climbed down the well into that hole that Pennywise dug through to the sewer. Um, in that hole was like really, really prickly cement or something. I can't remember what it was made out of, but it was very pokey and very hard. And we were fitting six kids in that little hole and it was that small. Um, so that was really tough. But other than that, I was more excited than, than intimidated, I think. Mm-hmm. Did, um, when was the first time you saw the finished movie? Um, I got to see an early screening at the, almost the very end of filming. They had like a very, very vague, um, idea of what it was going to look like, like no CGI or anything like that, which a lot of it wasn't CGI. A lot of that was practical. Um, but the first time I saw the finished product was at the premiere, which what I forgot. Of- I think that was like September, it was like September 3rd or something like that. So, you know, obviously you're you're in it, but when you see it all edited together, it's completely different. So what did you think of the finished movie and what was just the experience of watching it, you know, with other people? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and it was really cool to see like a live audience reaction to it, um, to like hear the laughs and hear the screams or, you know. Um, and it's it's nerve wracking to see your film about to be criticized and especially like on the premieres when the Rotten Tomatoes scores come out and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. um, so everybody was just like refreshing their phones and looking at different things. And so it was a, it was a nerve wracking night, but it was, it was amazing. And then after the film, like we all have like this bromance hug of like, <laughs> we really did this together and one heck of an experience. Very cool. Uh, Angelica Gonzalez here says hello from Mexico. And she wants to know, um, what horror movie have you found the scariest? I love Mexico. I did a comic on there, and it was literally one of the best experiences ever. Um, what horror movie have I found the scariest? To be honest, the more like the the things that genuinely keep me up at night are more like the fake YouTube videos that people oh. are just explaining things and and show very vague visuals of things. Um, but it's that's tough so i would actually say that i i get more scared of the fake things that are made from real things like creepypastas and things like that yeah interesting it's almost like the uh the man made things in water there you go uh robert wilson the third wants to know um did you work at all with stephen king guess was he unsaid at all i'm i'm very sad about this um I never got to meet him, and I actually left the day before he went and filmed his cameo. So I, oh. I never got the chance to meet him. I'd love to, though. I feel like that needs to happen at some point. Uh, but no, I've never actually met the legend. Uh, oh, Michael Groves wants to know, uh, do you have – well, you probably – even if you did, you probably can't tell us. But do you have any uh, inside on if they're going to make the third uh, it? Um. No, basically no. Um, I think it'd be really, really cool if they made a prequel of like the eighteen hundreds stuff like that. I think that could get really gruesome. Um, but as of right now, the plan is to not do a third one. Interesting. Um, Aaron Whitlow wants to know: uh, Do you plan on uh, doing any more in the horror genre? I'd love to. 
I mean, right now I'm, I am stepping out of it with what I'm doing right now. I'm in Atlanta filming. Can't say what it is. I wish I could. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love horror. I think it's really, really fun. And I have a huge respect for the prosthetics and the practical effects that they do. And I think it's fun getting all dirty and choreography of fighting and stuff like that. I think it's all really fun. Um, so yeah, definitely. I plan on doing more. Uh, when you said there wasn't much CGI in, um, in the movie, um, did you find that people thought some of the things that were CGI weren't? Or? I think probably. Um, I don't think I've heard like a specific experience where I was like, oh, that's actually practical. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much everything is like normal except the like ridiculous blood spewing. But like Beverly's bathroom was completely practical. And oh, wow. so, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just because they didn't really have the money to spend on CGI. It was a, even though it's seventeen million dollars, it was still relatively lower budget for yeah, a film I mean, like that. Compare, yeah, you know, because a lot of movies you see now, you know, like cost hundreds of millions, or you know, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty much everything. We had, we had Javier Botet on the show who played a couple of the characters in the movie. He played the um, hobo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had he that happens to him a lot that people think his characters in all the different movies are CG. Yeah, almost all. Yeah, yeah that guy's. Almost all practical. I mean, there, there's one thing with his eye. But other than that, it was really all prosthetics and, and makeup. Uh, did you have another question, Trista? Yeah, you mentioned uh, going forth with filmmaking. So I'm wondering, um, your production company, Sling and Stone, do you have a vision for what you guys are going to specialize in? Um me and my brother like to write the most. Um, and really we want to do everything. Like I said, we have talked about doing a horror book adaptation, um, which I'm super excited for. Um, but we love to do action. We love like Yellowstone and stuff like that. Beautiful. Oh, just like great raw shows and, and movies. Um, so we have millions of ideas. The issue is getting the money to actually produce and do them. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think we're necessarily limiting ourselves to, to one thing as long as our as long as our projects have some amount of purpose and, and spread something good. Yeah. Uh, do you have a website or social media page for people to follow uh, your films or, or yeah. yourself? I, I believe it's slingandstonefilms.com. Um, and that kind of shows everything we've done so far. It kind of introduces, introduces you to the team. Um, and then on Instagram, we're slinging some films. Um, and so we're trying to get the hype back up for Unum Divide, which is hopefully going to come out soon. I want to figure out a way that we can actually publish it, but we can't publish it before the, we run the circuit. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, did the last year, did that affect, um, you know, finishing the movie during the pandemic? Um, we felt like we had a calling to finish it in like February, I think is when we did it. And we finished it a week before COVID hit. So wow. luckily, I mean, we got perfectly out of that time frame. Now, uh, post-production was a little difficult, um, although most of it was done local. I did a lot of it. Um, so that was the only part that actually got a little difficult and getting the actors back in for some ADR and stuff and reshoots. But other than that, we actually got through it pretty well. I mean, we, we finished it before it hit like crazy. So 
Was uh, directing, filmmaking, is that something, uh, did you go to school for that? Or was like, you know, being on set something you, you kind of uh, self-taught in that? Um, I definitely never went to school for it. I actually never went to school for acting either. Like I've done some acting classes, but I've never, I never like majored in theater or did any extracurriculars like that. Um, but I kick myself in the butt every day for not taking more of a educational um educational lens through my eyes through all these projects because i mean andy is one of the best directors you can learn from and i did not take the opportunity to do that as much as i should have um and so really i started learning from a production standpoint through are you afraid of the dark was when i first started actually taking in that that side of it um and now with like what i'm working on now i try and really learn from these people because i'm nowhere where i i'm nowhere where i need to be to be a real director um, and so I'm trying to learn from from these masters. Um, so no, yeah, it's all relatively self-taught and and kind of having these really awesome staple mentors. And uh, one good thing too, the festivals now, you know, last year, most of them were virtual. So going forward, a lot of them, you'll be able to actually, you know, be seen with an audience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'd be really cool. So, uh, and if the, people want to follow you, they can just put in your name and it's easy to, to find yeah, all your social pretty much. Pages. Jeremy Ray Taylor on everything, I believe. So, yeah. It's been very fun. I'm glad you did this. Yeah, I'm oh, glad, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you had me. It's been a long time since so I've done like a, like a podcast or interview. So, enjoyed it. Cool. And uh, we're going to give a couple balloons away. You can stay for this if you want. <laughs> we have a couple there. Uh, they're 2017 promotional IT balloons that... Uh, uh, listen to the show sent in Annabelle Lecter, and um, we're gonna give them away here on the show. Nice. Well, I've got everyone's name who uh shared the link in this Macho Man cup. <laughs> nice, and we're gonna pick them out. It's very high tech here. So, the first winner is Bryce Kane. In my very poor handwriting, these are all oh, okay. And it was like invisible winner. ink, it took it a second to, to like show up. Very bright. Very bright. It's your the, it's uh, your CGI on there. He's in the chat. AJ Zyla is the second winner. Nice. I'm trying to. I think you can see it that way better. <laughs> yeah. We don't doubt your integrity on here. Well, you don't, but who knows? <laughs> people, people watching, they might know me better now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Thanks, for, Jeremy. Yes, thank you so yeah, much. Sure. That was so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. That was a lot thank of fun. You. Thank you, Thanks guys. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll be back. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.